Hello and welcome to the Meaningfulistic Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm asking questions about what matters, to who, and why in the deepest, most personal sense. This is an exploration to find deep meaning at the intersection of the secular and the sacred, the artistic and the scientific. I will be sharing meaningful conversations that I have with ordinary people who find creative, unique, and profound ways to live a holistically healthy life. In this episode, I have the privilege and honor of speaking with the beautiful, talented, and exceptionally witty Kendall Ryan, my wife. She has a background in human resources and has a unique talent, I would say, intuition of knowing how to read people. Our conversation is about being sensitive and how that is not a weakness. Men and women both fall into the spectrum of sensitivity and the world really needs to hear how to appropriately address sensitivity through the lens of coping mechanisms and emotional intelligence. I enjoyed this conversation greatly and as you will hear my audio is not quite as clear as hers but thankfully she had the most important things to say. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. To let our listeners in on who you are, because you were mentioned by Mark Donaldson and Haywood Glover. You are my wife, and I have the pleasure of talking to you today about something that we have had many hours of discussion with offline, and that is this topic of sensitivity and what you've coined the utility of sensitivity so i shared with um sadiq about when we're talking about masculinity that there's a certain uh, sensitivity can be seen as a weakness among men and on the topic of masculinity we're we're speaking about how that wasn't the case not too long ago um, when men were able to share feelings about women mostly uh, through song but uh, also now in modern times it's just been a very uh, constant message that emotions or showing emotions or being sensitive is a sign of weakness and, and there's a big movement or a big uh, reason for stoicism and, and I am kind of a not on that wave. Uh, I see the value of Stoic philosophy, but I can't fully function as a, as, a, as a statue, right? And I think what we've spoken most about is how sensitive I am. Uh, I did not know this uh, until I read a book about someone being a highly sensitive person and I initially thought something was wrong with me and I had to realize that it's not a bad thing to be sensitive and I think a big problem with that uh, message of, of sensitivity being a negative thing or a weakness for men is that a lot of men are, are on that scale of sensitivity and they don't realize it and they don't have adequate coping mechanisms and and like me 
they don't realize that other men are sensitive, that you're able to have feelings and not be able to articulate them very well. So the very first question that I would like to ask you is, is sensitivity a weakness uh, for men? I don't think sensitivity is a weakness for any individual. I don't think it's gender related as to it's more of a strength for a woman or more of a strength for a man. I don't think sensitivity is a weakness for anybody. Now, as you're going through your introduction, I think it's very important that we separate two things. I think we have to separate sensitivity and we have to separate emotion. Those are not interchangeable words. Those are two very different concepts that have through time sort of gotten intermingled and conflated. They're not synonymous really and truly. Okay, so first, I think what we need to do is define sensitivity so that people can become more comfortable with that label of being sensitive. Um, And then hopefully one of the other things that we'll discuss is how somebody gets that label of being sensitive to begin with. Uh, But first, I think it's important that we discuss sensitivity, what it actually is. As we move through life, what sensitivity is, is a threshold of the emotional impact of whatever situation that you're in. It is whatever is the minimum amount of emotional impact that the situation is affecting upon you as the individual so that it registers that you're feeling something, right? So you register, I'm angry. You register, I'm sad. You register, I'm excited. Like, that's what sensitivity is. It is the extent to which an individual is prepared to allow emotion to impact their decision making in that moment, right? So there's that duality of what sensitivity is. So while it's related to emotion, it is not the end all be all of being emotional, right? Every individual is emotional, right? You can be emotional without being, quote, hypersensitive, right? I should hope that everybody has a happy emotional life. That's what you need to be successful in life. That was a stupid way to say it, but there we go. Um, So I think as we talk about how an individual, was that clear? Do you have questions? Um, So that's sensitivity, right? Now, emotion is just... (laughs) Our son has a book called The Color Monster and it runs through your various emotions and it's how you feel. So that's what emotions are, right? So what is it? Uh, This is happiness. It is the color of the yellow stars and the blur, you know, the yellow birds. And you know what I mean? It makes you feel this way. And then, you know, this is sadness and it makes you feel this way. Like those are emotions. So, um, to further diverge the difference between sensitivity and emotion, emotions is what sensitivity registers. So while the the two are connected, they're not the same. Was that clear or do we need to delve into that a little bit more? I wanna say one thing first is, I think being sensitive, uh, one of the 
predominant emotions that I have is anxiety. So the way I explained it to Sadiq was it's kind of like having your volume on everything kind of turned up. I mean, I, I feel really bad for people on that autistic spectrum that it is actually turned up in their mind. For me, it's just an, um, uh, like the sensitivity is just an emotional reaction and it, and it normally comes with um, uh, anxiety. I used to have a lot of social anxiety. I was very shy as a child. Um, that's why some of my family is kind of surprised that I'm doing a podcast. But the I wanted to know why or what your thoughts are that men in general can see sensitivity as a weakness, like I said, with in, in contrast to stoicism, because it does tend to have, you know, it does tend to pair uh, emotions with passions that are kind of fleeting or or not uh as you said um able to cope with the certain situation so the people who are probably more emotional or more anxiety are probably tend to be the ones that are less capable of of uh, i guess uh, excelling during uh, times of stress um how sensitive you are is not the determinative factor to how you handle a stressful situation it's really truly not if you want to think of sensitivity you can think of it um in a couple of different ways and i'm going to go with a slightly silly metaphor to start with how sensitive you are is kind of like how much baking soda and vinegar do you have inside of you so how since the more sensitive you are the more baking soda and vinegar you have inside of you so the more you're gonna sort of froth over the top, right? That's how that's um, how that's gonna come across to people is like these things are gonna spark off. Um, whereas another individual who has less baking soda and vinegar, they're not gonna have that same sort of frothy over the top of your high school volcano. Um, the other way that you can think about sensitivity is on a spectrum. So everybody is sensitive. It's just where do you fit on that spectrum of sensitivity? Are you and we've discussed whether or not this is truly an accurate assessment of it. Um, so on one end, are you a, a 19th century romantic poet who's hooked on opium in a dark castle writing poetry? Or are you on the other end, a sociopath? Like if you want to put those as your, your end caps of where the uh, spectrum of, of sensitivity is, um, you can think of it like that and I got so wrapped up in my first little metaphor I forgot your question I'm stupid you knew this why do men cease value stoicism uh, without delving into like historiographical or uh, sociological reasons I think it's simply that the utility of it isn't made as clear to them. It's not a, I, I think that men have been sort of given a pass on developing emotional intelligence in a way that women haven't had to do to be successful. Now, that could be a very inflammatory statement, and I apologize for that. But again, like I say, if you're not wanting to delve into sociological reasons or anything like that, 
then that's what I'm going to say. Whereas a man can say something and whatever he says, whoever he offends, however it affects the people around him, he can move forward. Whereas a woman has to be very sensitive to her audience. How is her message going to be received? Particularly if she's talking to a man. Like, I have to be... uh, I have to be sensitive to his emotions so that I can anticipate them, so that I can work them into how I'm going to craft this message, which is a very sophisticated series of steps, which ultimately is what we're sort of now developing and labeling as emotional intelligence. So I I think when it comes down to it, men haven't had the need to develop Uh, take those extra steps from sensitivity into emotional intelligence in a way that women have had to do for a very long time. I think you said they don't have a need. I think more so that they've been told not to. They've been specifically told not to develop. It's basically suck it up. It's basically rub dirt on it. It's basically, uh, why are you crying? Um, I think you have a lot of things... Uh, particularly occurring post-World War II. Um, I think you have a lot of things occurring in relation to the Vietnam War. I think you have a lot of things uh, occurring in relation to PTSD and how PTSD has been historically treated in the Western nations. Um, I think you have a lot of those those elements there where... Um, you know, you're talking about huge swaths, huge, huge swaths, which is difficult for your or my generation to understand. Huge swaths of the male population were going off to war and not coming back. And the ones that were coming back were suffering from what was first, you know, termed shell shock. And then slowly through uh, all of, of World War Two and Korea and Vietnam and even today, there's that struggle to get men to admit to PTSD. Um, and even the terminology of PTSD is fairly new um, within the terms of socially acceptable um, diagnoses. So I, I think if you're an individual coming back from war who's suffering from um, the trauma of that, society doesn't really know how to handle you so you damp down and this is just shooting straight off the cuff right you're dampening down um those emotions you're not supposed to feel and you're definitely not supposed to show your family that you're feeling this way right that's part of what gets tied up with ptsd is that feeling of being a burden so that's part of what has happening like and then you have the release of those those big hollywood movies you know think of john wayne and his characters you know are they was john wayne noted for his emotional range no he wasn't but he's a hallmark he's a figure of that generation and subsequent generations i think that probably has a lot to do with it i think a large part of of what you're saying like when it comes to history of men there's still an underlying thread that says if sensitivity is closely linked with emotion as you said and as men being like you said soldiers or or even breadwinners you pretty much just uh, make a man himself a utility of being either you know the gun or the paycheck so men in general 
have not had a, the emotional intelligence training that from you could even say from their mother or from their father as children to develop a proper sense of healthy understanding of their emotions so like what i went through with uh, sadiq was that term alexithymia which is that inability to have the right vocabulary for the words that you're feeling they're very simplistic like you said blue is sad red is angry black is fear yellow is happy so you don't as a as a uh, male adolescent you don't really learn those much variance in those skills like the way you said women do right and so i'm just saying from my understanding of most of my life most of my adult life i was always seen as i always thought yeah i knew i was poetic creative artistic um and i knew that uh i was emotional i know i felt things i knew that i felt things but I thought something was wrong with me or, or um, I knew I was maybe too sensitive. But I didn't really put it into perspective and say, you know what, I am sensitive, but it's not a weakness. So maybe you could explain why you don't think it's a weakness. Um, I sure will. Like I say, it's the utility. And I think men haven't had that had to um, develop a overt conscious dogma almost as to why sensitivity is useful uh, I do want to say really quickly that I also blame Hemingway for why men don't feel okay everybody who's read Hemingway knows all right um, so when I'm talking about the utility of sensitivity what I'm talking about is how you take sensitivity and you use it as your jumping off point for emotional intelligence now when you're sensitive regardless of where you're falling on that that scale of sensitivity regardless of how much vinegar and baking soda that you have in your soul what you're doing is throughout your life you are learning how to cope with your emotional environment whether you're doing it consciously or unconsciously you are doing it period right so the more sensitive you are i think the more likely you might be if you are not conscious of that sensitivity and how it interacts with your emotion and how to use it as an appropriate jumping off point for emotional intelligence what you're going to see happen is you're going to see maladaptive coping mechanisms right now the more sensitive you are the more you're gonna have to dampen down so you're gonna see alcoholism you're gonna see drug use as you move towards the middle what you're gonna see is that suppression that you were talking about now the only truly healthy way to deal with being sensitive is to take control of it and turn it into a tool that furthers your communication, that furthers your personal relationships, that can even further your business career. Now, being sensitive allows you not only to identify the emotions that you're feeling, 
right? Because for you to have a meaningful, like when you're feeling sad, right? At some point, most of the time, unless there's some sort of other psychological disorder in play, most of the time you will feel or you will think I am angry. Cool, great. You're sensitive enough to have identified that you're angry. What next? This is where emotional intelligence comes into play. You've identified that you're angry. Why are you angry? Well, Susie said I was stupid. Okay, Susie has said you are stupid. Why does that make you angry? That makes me angry because I've worked really hard to get a PhD and she spilled my flesh-eating bacteria all across the lab and I had to spend four hours cleaning it up and I was yelling at her and she said that I was stupid for leaving it so close to the edge. Okay, so she said you were stupid because you made a careless mistake and your intelligence was insulted. So what motivates you is your intelligence and not getting in trouble for something careless. Okay, great. Now, the other element of that that you can do is identify, I'm really mad with Susie right now, but I'm in a professional setting, so I need to pause. I need to take a step back. I need to clear my mind. I need to clear my curse words out of my head. I need to let my baking soda and vinegar fizz out not stop it from fizzing. I need to go ahead and let it completely fizz out, but I need to do that fizzing out before I engage with Susie, right? Allowing that to happen will allow you to maintain a professional relationship with Susie, and it will allow you to maybe evaluate your other work environment. If you're in a situation where you're questioning if your employer is really valuing your intelligence maybe you need to find a new work environment yeah so what you're talking about a lot um from what i'm hearing is the social skills aspect of emotional intelligence which again most men would like you said not know how to pause like you said, and, and, and check yourself. Um, Anybody with low emotional intelligence would not know how to do that. It doesn't mean, you know, it's not a, a necessarily a gender thing. Uh, I think anybody with low emotional intelligence would not know to do that. I remember, I'm going to use this as an example, because it was your method of, of pausing after something that I told you was insensitive or... or, or harsh I should say when we were first dating and and we were talking and you just had to say you know I'm gonna stop you right now and and hang up I'm, I want to give myself to time to process what you're saying I will call you back in 30 minutes and at first I thought that was like oh wow I really screwed up but then I realized later that was a great opportunity for me to also check myself and no one has ever given me that opportunity in my life you know normally it's always knee-jerk reactions whether it's male or female to say you said something 
uh, that hurt my feelings and I'm going to attack, right? Normally it's always defense or attack, right? And even when I when someone attacks, well, what do I do? I get defensive. So I start saying, well, this, will that, will, well, well, you did this, or well, I was trying to say this, or I was trying to justify why I said what I said. But instead of, of even justifying it, you took that 30 minute pause to say, um, you kind of went, I suppose you went through all the different variations of why I said what I said, but it was off the cuff. Um, I was just trying to be funny, which is a lot of times, you know, that's probably the worst thing. <laughs> you know, a guy trying to be funny, trying to be cute, trying to impress a girl. And the, and the first thing he does is stick his foot in his mouth. Um, but as far as those social skills goes, like I said, I had never been given that opportunity to realize the things that I said and not have someone get mad at me immediately. And also, um, also not realize how little things can affect people in that way. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm trying to learn how to navigate those waters of, of res respecting someone's uh, emotions through emotional intelligence. Um, you also said uh, furthering someone's career, and that would kind of be, so there's five elements to the emotional intelligence. So social skills, decision-making, empathy, self-regulation, and self-awareness. And I think what you're talking about with the career is decision making. So they uh, it's defined as the ability to make responsible choices and accept their outcome. Um, I can I can say there's a lot of times that when I was uh, overwhelmed by the situation that I would be kind of paralyzed. I would do the no action is is better than screwing up because if I do this I mess up. I do that I mess up. So I would be paralyzed. And, and sometimes the problem would kind of work itself out or sometimes it made it worse, but at least I didn't make it worse by something I did in particular, right? So it's kind of like not doing anything. I, I, I still, you know, ended up doing something. But as far as decision-making, I, I, always, I always have that kind of, um, I, I take probably more time than necessary to make very simple decision-making skills um, I've, I've done I have not done a good job as you've mentioned and in, in my in a career to say this is what I'm going to do I, I have I know what I want I know how how I feel in this situation so how am I going to act how would you say emotional intelligence can be used in in the workplace well, I did just go into a very detailed example of Susie yelling at you. Yes. Because, I mean, and that's well, a let's, workplace setting. Let's maybe, do you have an example from your human resources expertise of, of, of when someone can use their emotional intelligence to not overreact or to further their career? First of all, I think it's important especially if we're talking about emotional intelligence. One of the core things about emotional intelligence, and as you are um, starting that path of how to develop your emotional intelligence, one of the things that's really important is to remember that you are not dampening down whatever reaction that you're having. 
what you're doing is creating enough space for you to have your reaction in its completeness in a almost clinical bubble, right? So you have taken the steps to isolate yourself so that you can have all of the emotions that you need to have. Get them out of your system. Let that volcano of baking soda and vinegar completely froth over and then calm down, right? So it's to say stopping somebody from overreacting, I don't want to say that because I don't want to make somebody think that to be emotionally intelligent, you need to stop feeling whatever you're feeling. Like you need to develop a... um the red line in in your heart like if your emotions boil up to this red line then you need to push them back down that's not what that's not being emotionally intelligent okay what's being emotionally intelligent is realizing that your emotions are reaching that red line and going hey i need to step away for a moment I need to come back to this conversation in a week. I need to come back to this conversation tomorrow. I need to just leave whatever interpersonal relationship that I'm in right now and walk away, feel my emotions, and then sit down and work through various, sometimes journaling is a really good tool that's often said where you sort of go through a sort of a a written version of what I kind of did. Well, Susie made me mad. Well, why did Susie make you mad? It's because she said I was stupid. Okay, well, why did Susie saying stupid, saying you were stupid, make you mad? Um, sometimes there's flowcharts that do, like, will guide you through those exact things. Sometimes it's just sitting down to journal. Um, the other element of sitting down to journal like that will help you realize, eh, maybe it wasn't the situation that you were in. Maybe you were just overall stressed, which is an emotion. So... Uh, to suggest that somebody needs to have some sort of hallmark of, okay, I'm reaching this point where I'm overreacting and then dampening down is um, inaccurate. So that so what you're talking about more is that self-regulation, the ability to regulate emotions and actions in a variety of environments. Yes, and all of those five things that you discussed with emotional intelligence, they're all sort of interlinked. They're not uh, individual individualistic bullet points. They're all very interlinked. They all work together. Um, you know, self-regulation is one that works really great, but how can you self-regulate unless you have self-awareness? And then if you are not willing to self-regulate then what's your decision-making process looking like like all of those things are very inter interlocked together you can't really truly be uh, emotionally intelligent and engage in an emotionally intelligent way without one of those things so you said journaling um pausing Mm -hmm. taking time to analyze things Is that something that you learned on your own or is that an exercise that maybe you've learned uh, externally that someone told you about? Little of column A, little of column B. Uh, I, the, taking the time out, like when I, and and I, I do it when, I, I do it to you quite often when I'm feeling something and I can't figure out what I'm feeling. I can't identify that emotion, which means I woke up confused like the color monster. Um, 
or if something about a situation has made me angry and I don't know why it made me angry so I need to step away or I have made a decision and the consequences have come back and kind of bit me in the butt and I'm angry but I recognize that I need to step away and realize and be like hey is it really fair that you're angry that these totally foreseeable consequences occurred from a decision that you made those elements sort of occurred uh, organically uh, but obviously you know having spent a little bit of time working in HR emotional intelligence is a huge huge thing and it's continuing to grow in its importance and so there's been a lot of development into what you can consciously do to develop those types of skills that I've sort of organically developed journaling and that flow charting and and that sort of stuff is something that's really um, championed as a really great way to start engaging with emotional intelligence. Would you say you're a sensitive person? Sure. I think every person is sensitive. I think there's not one person, even if they're low sensitivity, they're sensitive. You're sensitive. Every individual is sensitive. On a spectrum of sensitivity, would you say you're closer to the high end or the norm or low? Probably closer to high. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and my question to you is, Yep. do you think I'm more sensitive than you are? No, I don't think that you are. I think you're not as emotionally intelligent as I am. I also think that you're dealing with this concept of being sensitive uh, like a baby. No, like... I know. I am a baby. Like a baby. Yeah, I'm crying about it. No. no. But yes, I am looking at it like this is totally yes, new. Yes, totally to new. Yeah, big and baby. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, I had these things, like you said, feelings, and I had this normative male alexithymia, which is you have feelings, and you don't know what they are. Like I said, you, you talked about this children's book the color monster and you said well maybe i woke up as a color monster i've been living color monster for 40 years plus right i did not know well you had developed maladaptive coping mechanisms that also but what happened was like you're saying it's not a good thing to uh suppress those emotions or vent properly and what happened was i basically besides being uh you know, uh, ineffectual in a, in a stressful situation. I also was uh, basically turned out to be kind of morose, have general malaise, melancholia. Um, that was my color. It was you take all those colors and you mash them together and you get this gray brown stuff that doesn't go away. That was me, poop color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was my my color monster, you know, was poop. I changed the diaper that color today. Yeah, (laughs) but that was my color. So it was always this confusion of, of of, it's not really mad, it's not really sad, it's not really depressed, but it's kind of that, and then Mm -hmm. it's not really angry. So I was like I said, the best word would probably be be malaise, melancholy. I don't know. Kids these days call it emo. Um, Back in the the day, emo was a little different. (laughs) Melancholy. Emo is like a pretty, like, 
white like if you're gonna say melancholy is emo that's like this super most whitewashed way i could think you could describe <laughs> melancholy yeah. i mean <laughs> i mean yes i listened to i mean this was my chemical emo, romance 30 years ago 20 years ago Dashboard I, confessionals. I don't know what you're talking about those are Okay, whatever. <laughs> I was listening to Metallica. Okay. That's not emo. Okay, well, I was listening to Metallica and, and reading, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and, and stuff like that this. Is emo. Yeah, <laughs> and I wore black and 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 I was I was you know hide my face with my long hair because I was a socially awkward that, that is person. Did yes. you have the gloves from no, Hot Topic? That, I did not have the gloves from Hot Topic. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I know that's where you shopped when you were in high school, so. It's not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think the other thing that what we're talking about here is about me being a baby, me being, this being new to me is one of the components of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. The knowledge of one's own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, um, and also that ability to, ah, oh, man, just just allow yourself to feel them and not say that there's something wrong for feeling them. I, I was also very, you know, I was an adult when I, when I heard the phrase, you know, emotions aren't wrong. There's no such thing as a wrong emotion. It's what you do with them, you know, your behavior mm-hmm. after the fact, or mm-hmm. how you handle those, how you handle those emotions. Those behaviors can be wrong. Like mm-hmm. you said, negative coping mechanisms, drinking, right? Or, or, whatever addiction pick, you know, or negative coping mechanism you pick. Um, I'm just learning this now. So yes, mm-hmm. uh, I am my uh, emotional, intelligent, uh, highly sensitive baby. Um, yes, and I think that it's important that you give yourself time to develop the skills. It takes time. I mean, it's taken me years. I don't know why it wouldn't take you years i mean if i'm honest it's probably taken decades so i don't know why it wouldn't take you i don't know half a decade um <laughs> i'm not gonna live i'll be 70 years old i'll figure out how to treat my feelings so i won't wake up you'll be ahead of some folk um no i really want to i really do want to well the more work yeah the more work you put into it the further it, you will see dividends it is emotional intelligence is not this type of hippity dippity idea uh where you're gonna put good vibes out into the universe and maybe it'll come back to you tenfold no if you sit down to uh, systematically develop your emotional intelligence you will see dividends as close to immediately as anybody can realistically expect. It will have a direct ratio to the amount of work that you put into it. If you put in a lot of work into it for two weeks and you are uh, actively applying the skill set of emotional intelligence in your life, personally or professionally, you will see changes. You will see, uh, I hesitate to say progress because I'm not sure. I think progress is important within the concept of you framing your goals correctly, right? Um, obviously, being emotionally intelligent is not the only thing that you need to be a CEO. Mm? 
I think that there's several examples in the news right now that we would argue that there are some folk who are not emotionally intelligent at all to be CEO, right? But if your goal is to start to de-stress, right? Because you're not just having rando emotions that you don't know where they come from, where you can start to see where your decision-making is affecting your emotional health. And you can start to see how your emotions are affecting your decision-making and you're putting in um, stop gaps that allow you the time to breathe, process, rationalize, and really truly sit down and weigh your pros and cons before you move forward, right? You might find yourself making better decisions which will help you de-stress your life um if you want to improve morale like if you're a manager and you want to improve morale somebody making a mistake and you having the interpersonal skills to sit down and have a communication and active communication which is going to tie into motivation that's identifying not just what motivates you but what motivates your employees you're going to find yourself that you're going to have a happier workplace and happier employees are more proficient employees, right? So you will you will see gains as immediately as you start actively applying these skills. It's not a one, you can't take a course and be one and done and move on and be like, oh, my life will be magically wonderful. No, emotional intelligence is not some weird little leprechaun at the end of the rainbow, okay? You have to systemically apply the skill set that's there and then yeah you will see gains okay the last one that uh, I guess we could touch on is empathy the capacity to empathize and appreciate another's perspective uh, I think that empathy was something that I realized I had you know as a, as a teenager um, it's funny that you were talking about hot topic and, and, and emo but I remember when the movie The Crow first came out, and I was really, of uh, I was, yeah, well, yes, I'm older than you are. He's got the crow underwear, everybody. <laughs> no, but I do have the little uh, figurine of the crow. Because on his underwear. It, no, not on my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was that, so I, I love the movie. And it was very impactful for, for me. I really resonated with this scene where the cop was explaining or to Eric Draven, the, the, the crow fig person in the movie, that how he stayed with his uh, wife, his dead wife, while she was going through surgery uh, in the hospital. And so the cop was there by her bedside and, uh, you know, what, praying with her, just supporting her. Uh, he felt sorry for her. He felt immensely sorry for her. And so the crow guy, he goes up and he touches his hands to his head and he just absorbs the feeling of pain of being in a hospital bed, of having tubes stuck in you, and then just being, you know, this woman was uh, assaulted and, and beaten, and so she felt all this pain, and he felt all that pain in an instant, like through his fingertips. And I loved that scene, I was like, 
I feel like that. I feel like I feel things like that kind of really intensely, really um, uh, in a short period of time. And so, um, like I said, I know you're helping me kind of deal with that sort of uh, influx of having the, the, those feelings bubble up and frothed over. And then at least being to, able to articulate it. You know, I'm feeling kind of nervous right now just talking about it. Uh, I think it's also important to note that empathy is a skill that you can work to develop. Some people are naturally empathetic, um, but you can also work to develop empathy. So it's not, um, I don't know why I felt the need to say that, but I felt the need to say that. No, I mean, yes, it should be a, a... a tool set as you as as we're explaining that all of these can be a tool set for uh, handling um, emotions and sensitivity but I can see how you would say empathy would kind of be more like uh, innate talent or 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 gift or or even personality trait right because it's one of the uh, I, I think it has that misconception I think somewhere along the line um, it got super, super romanticized to where it became just an innate talent. Like, if you want to think about, uh, like, Leonardo da Vinci, right? Did he have some sort of innate artistic talent? Sure. Did he come out of the womb capable of doing and completing these artistic works that he did? No. No, he did not. He had to work on it. He had to develop it. He had to be self-critical about it if nobody else was willing to be critical about it. So he had to complete those those things. He had to put the work in to be as good as he was. And I think somewhere along the lines, um, empathy became one of those characteristics that it was like a checkbox. Do you have it or do you not have it? Um, which I think is a huge disservice to mankind, to be frank. Um, but I think somebody who is sensitive, um, and the more sensitive that they are, the more innate empathy that they have. And then I think the, the more that they can do to um, really incorporate that empathy even into their professional life is good like I say if you're somebody who's managing a team and anybody who's who's plugged into what's going on post-pandemic will will sort of tell you that there's this renewed emphasis on work-life balance that there's this uh renewed well, not renewed. I don't. I don't know if it's renewed or not. Um, but I mean, there is the renewed emphasis on work-life balance. There is also this um, challenge of of leaving space for grace, of checking in with your employees because now everybody's working from home at least part of the time. So you're checking in with your employees and you're having non-work-related conversations with your employees. And the only way that you have meaningful non-work related conversations with your employees is through developing communication skills and empathy. Uh, One of the other elements of it is if you're having somebody who is suddenly not performing the way that they had been performing, 
you need to figure out why and you need to be able to come up with creative solutions to be able to get that employee back up to that performance level that you're used to having them because it is much more expensive to attempt to find a new employee to fill an existing role than it is to uh, tutor or uh, put some employee on in some sort of remediation plan. So what you need to do is to be able to engage empathetically with whatever their home situation may or may not be at that moment and come up with a creative solution that will work for you and your organization. And the only way that you will be able to do that is with empathy. I think you said the magic word for the show, meaningful conversations. All of what we've talked about, um, social skills, uh, decision-making empathy, self-regulation, self-awareness, is a way of finding deeper meaning of who you are through emotional intelligence and also finding deeper meaning in relationships that you're engaging in, right? And and you're using these tools as assets, whether you're sensitive, wherever, wherever you are on that sensitivity scale, it's you're developing these tools to have more meaningful relationships, self-awareness, and if you're doing these things for a reason, you're doing it what I call in that meaningfulistic way. You're doing something for you, but it's also for others. And it's, it's that, um, I don't know, uh, flipping inside or inside out, right? It's you're turning yourself inside out for others. I think that instead of being ashamed of how sensitive you are, you should look at your sensitivity as a tool that can propel you ahead of people who are not as sensitive as you are. You know, I spoke a little bit about Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I've never even seen Titanic. I don't know why my mind went there. Leonardo da Vinci. Totally different folk. Leonardo da Vinci's artistic talent. I mean, did he probably have some sort of innate skill set that allowed him that that worked as a launching pad to jump up to the the heights of excellence that he initially or that he ultimately received? Yeah he did so if you are innately sensitive if you have a threshold that's much lower than any other you know than other individuals then that's great because that makes you capable of communicating better that makes you capable of recognizing the emotions of another individual quicker i'm not saying become a sociopath and manipulate the people around you what i'm saying is use it to your advantage why not why not use it to your advantage and you can use it to your advantage by using it as a springboard into emotional intelligence thank you i hope i can continue to learn more um i think a lot of people would uh say that men would be on the scale of less sensitive and women on the higher sensitive and also lower on the scale of emotional intelligence and and women on the higher scale of emotional intelligence um 
I'm not sure why. I think you have a lot of uh, insight that we could share uh, on a future episode about the differences of emotional intelligence or the differences between masculinity and femininity in, in general. Uh, I spoke a little bit about that again in a previous episode, and I really think that that topic alone can have uh, a lot of discourse on it. I think meaning, finding meaningful uh, reasons about being a man or meaningful uh, attributes of a woman I think a lot of times that they'll start to blend in on the core on the core concepts they automatically are the same we all care about the same things we all believe in the same things that are good beautiful true and I, but I think that how we view things can kind of uh, be a, again on a spectrum and men and women perceive things differently this is neuro neurologically fact um, or it's scientifically based that m women and men see th perceive things differently I think that a lot of people are more willing to make generalizations and I think that on the on the topic of men versus women I think you have a lot of uh, contra popular concepts and I'd like to delve in deeper with you in a, in a future episode well, thank you, Kendall Ryan, for being my guest for today. I look forward to having future conversations with you on the Meaningfulistic Podcast. Anything you want, honey bunch. <laughs> and there you have it. My first Meaningfulistic Conversation with Kendall Ryan. I would like to sincerely thank everyone who has supported me and this podcast. I would like to also welcome you to my social media accounts i have the meaningfulistic facebook group you can also find me at meaningfulistic on instagram and tiktok if you'd like to leave a message you can use meaningfulistic at gmail thank you again for listening and god bless